Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our Connections Director, Jen Lewis, for this week's message. Well, Merry Christmas. I think it's time for us to start saying Merry Christmas. I just this past weekend, we did Stuff the Truck at Respects and I was saying Merry Christmas to people and I thought, oh, I think this is the first time I've really been starting to say Merry Christmas. I just don't feel like I'm there yet. Um, but I think we, we are at that point where we need to start thinking we're in Christmas time. We're in the time to talk about it. Um, we are still finishing up a series that isn't, doesn't seem to be kind of necessarily a Christmassy uh, series. We've been talking about spirit realm, which is the whole idea that there's this, this physical world that we live in that has material and has um, things we can touch and see and feel. But at the same time, there's this very real invisible spiritual realm um, where there's tons of stuff going on and God is completely active in that place. And so um, this week we get to finish up the series talking about angels, which actually does work well into the Christmas theme when you think about all the times that when we think about the Christmas stories, angels show up. So we're going to get into all of that. If you are new with us, I want to encourage you, you can go back online and look at all the other um, messages for this specific series because they've been really helpful just for us to understand this whole idea of a spiritual battle and a spiritual realm. The first week we, we talked about kind of just that idea that there's this whole thing this whole scenario that we can't see that's going on around us. And then the following week, Chris talked about the Holy Spirit and how he is the third person in the Trinity and how um, he plays a very active role in, in a believer's life. And then last week, we had the, the pleasure of having Chris do with us, and he talked about the spiritual battle that's being waged against us and the enemy um, of our souls and how the devil comes to tempt us just like he tempted people um, throughout the Bible and what we need to do to fight that. So today we're going to look at the spiritual beings known as angels and really what is the role, what are the roles of angels, who are they, how do they play into this whole um, spiritual realm and then also how do they play into even the spiritual world. So when I was thinking about this message, my, I have this one particular memory as a child of sitting in the, on the couch at my grandmother's house, probably sometime in the mid 80s. It was a plaid, you know, those plaid couches in the 80s, sitting on the couch watching this huge boxy TV and watching Dolly Parton play an angel. <laughs> and you could just kind of picture in your mind Dolly Parton and it was Christmas time and for some reason the storyline was that she had died and went to heaven and became this angel and she was in this red sequenced outfit with, with fluffy white up here, which you can only imagine, and then, you know, fluffy white below and somehow she was saving Christmas. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, that sure doesn't seem accurate. <laughs> but I think a lot of us, we get our ideas of angels and our ideas of the spiritual realm from Hollywood. 
And you and I both know that Hollywood is not where we're supposed to get our information on spiritual things. But most of us, I really do think, um, have pictures in our minds or ideas in our minds of the spiritual realm that come from something we've watched, whether it's A Wonderful Life or, or Touched by an Angel in the 90s or, or now there's, there's shows all over um, Netflix and Amazon that, that talk about the supernatural and the spiritual realm. But what we have to remember is while those things are interesting, We've got to look to the Bible to really understand all that goes on in the spiritual realm. And angels are one of those things that we can have a lot of misconceptions about. You know, a lot of us, if, especially this time of year, Christmas time, you can look at the Christmas cards and look at the ornaments on trees and go into Hallmark and you see all these angel, angel, everything, angels on top of your trees, angels that are naked babies on the, on the you know, playing a harp on the front of a Christmas card or, or um, angel, I mean, like, uh, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. There's angel everything. Like there's angel snowmen, angel teddy bears, angel cats. And when I said that and run through, Chris was like, yeah, no, those are demons. I was like, oh yeah, here we go. I said, I can't say that. People know I'm not a cat hater. I'm just allergic to them. But anyway, but there are all these misconceptions and misrepresentations of angels. I think it's obvious to all of us that angels aren't teddy bears and there aren't cat angels and there aren't snowmen angels. One of the more common misconceptions that I see on a regular basis is that a lot of people believe that when we die, we become angels, or that our loved ones who have died before us become angels. And I wanna make it very clear, we as human beings do not become angels. We, if you have a loved one who's passed away, you know, maybe you'll hear someone say to you, oh, heaven has gained another angel today. Or someone may say, my grandmother is, is looking down on me and, and now I have somebody in heaven who's rooting for me or, or you know, uh, working toward my good or whatever. And I can understand how that can bring peace to people and help them still feel connected to their loved ones, but that's not biblical. The truth is, is that angels are their own physical being, their own, or not physical, but their own spiritual being created by God for their own purpose. We, it's, it's, I mean, in a way of describing it would be angels are their own species of God. We, you know, we are um, our own species that God created and angels are their own. They're, we're, we're never going to become that. You know, and, and then I think about that when I think of, of sharing, I would never, sh I mean, I would never share that with someone who was, you know, at a funeral and someone said, you know, oh, you gained a, an angel today. I don't think I would say that in that moment. But for those of you who may think that, something to consider is, isn't it better that the promise of God is, is that when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Father that ultimately that loved one isn't here waging war for us, watching over us, seeing all the struggles that we're going through, but they are happy and content with the Father. And so that's what we have to keep, keep track of, that, that if you have a loved one who's passed away, who is a believer in Christ, they are happy and content, and you still do have someone who's looking out for you in heaven. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who died for us and rose again. So be encouraged in that. But even though we do not become angels, angels are very, very real. They are, they are real and active and all around us. 
We don't see them necessarily, but they're everywhere. The Bible says that they are um, active players in God's story. One of my theology books defines angels as created spiritual beings with moral judgment and high intelligence with no physical body. Now we know they have moral judgment because if you remember the message from last week, Chris Dew talked about how somewhere in, during the time um, before the fall of man, Satan rebelled and he was one of the angels and a third of the angels went with him and followed him. And so we know that they have an intelligence and that they have moral judgment. But because they live in a spiritual realm, they don't have physical bodies like you or I. Now, there are times that God will enable them to have a physical body in order to fulfill a task or a job that he has. We, we've seen this several times in, in scripture. But most of the time, angels are invisible to us. We're not going to see them. They're just in the spiritual realm in a way that, that we will, may see evidence of, but we won't see them. They are spiritual beings created to serve God for his glory to do his work. And as we sit here right now, there are angels among us. There are several scriptures that talk about the vast number of angels, millions of angels all around us. Just two scriptures to give you an example. In Deuteronomy, we read that God came with myriads of angels. Now, myriads means countless or extremely great in number. Then in Psalm 68, it says the chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. I know it's hard for, for our finite minds to grasp, but all around us, there are active beings playing a role in an eternal story that God is writing. I mean, it seems incredible. So when we think about angels, what, what do we think they do? What does the Bible say that they do? Well, the ba most basic answer to that question is that they are God's servants and they do what God wants them to do. But there are some basic roles that we see played over and over again in scripture. They're worshipers is the first one. The first one is that angels are worshipers. In the book of Revelation, we read the description of God's throne room. And this is, this is another verse that talks about the huge number of angels. But it says in Revelation 5, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand they encircled the throne and the living creatures and elders in a loud voice. They were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. The angels worshiped God the Father. And then when Jesus comes into the world, we see that they also worship Jesus, the Son of God. Hebrews 1.6 says, and again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And we see this on the night that Jesus was born when the angel showed up to the shepherds out in the, in, the, in the fields at night. They didn't just announce that Jesus was born, but they also worshiped God because of the birth. I love this part of the Christmas story, but it says in Luke chapter two, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. First, it's just one angel telling the shepherds, hey, look what's going to happen. This is such a great thing. And then all of a sudden, it's like the shepherds get just a glimpse into the spiritual realm and they see the glory of God and they see tons of angels praising him and worshiping him. So angels are worshipers. The second thing that angels, we often see angels, are warriors. They're not little naked babies, okay? They are mighty, fierce, spiritual beings. One author I read said that biblical angels look more like Poseidon than precious moments. Psalm 103 describes them as mighty ones doing God's bidding. We don't see in the Bible angels being described as babies or even as female, you know, beautiful girls with long flowing blonde hair, the kind of angels that are probably on top of many of our Christmas trees. That's not what we see as described. Most often they are powerful, powerful warriors, beings that send people to their faces on the ground. They're mighty beings. And they are fighting a spiritual battle. They're, they're fighting in this heavenly realms against the demonic forces that are fighting against God. And we see this in Daniel 10. Now, Chris talked about this the first week, I think, of the series. But there's a, peer, a, a, a point in, in the book of Daniel where Daniel's going through some tough, tough stuff and he starts to pray. And, and, and it takes 21 days for anything to happen. But then all of a sudden, on the 21st day, this angel appears to Daniel. And he says, look, I mean, well, maybe he didn't say it quite like that, but he's like, I have been fighting the prince of Persia, which basically he's describing this demonic force in that area. And he said, and it wasn't until the archangel, archangel Michael came that I could get away to come bring you this message. And what an inspiring thing to think about, that as Daniel prayed, these angels were fighting these forces to get him the message he needed to hear. It's amazing to think about. But these angels are warriors. In 1 Chronicles 21, it tells of a time when King David was able to see into the spiritual realm and he looked up into the sky and he sees this mighty angel with a sword ready to just, it's drawn over Jerusalem to bring God's judgment. And at the last minute, God, God changes his mind and brings mercy on Jerusalem and he tells the angel to stop. Then there's another time in 2 Kings 19, where King Hezekiah, he knew he was going to get, be attacked by the neighboring uh, Assyrians. They were coming in and it, they were fear. I mean, if you know anything about the Assyrians, they were bad dudes. And they were going to come in and they were ready to take over the whole area. And King Hezekiah repented and he bowed down and he prayed to God. And it says... That, that God sent his angel and in one night, the angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. 
Then in the book of Revelation, the apostle John is talking about the war that will end all wars. And it says in, the chap in chapter 12 of Revelation, then war broke out in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, dragon meaning Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought back. God's angels are literally doing battle for God at this very moment. When we look around and we think, what in the world is happening? We don't see the battles that are raging in the spiritual realm. The third thing that we often see angels do is they're often messengers. Over and over again, we see angels coming to tell somebody something that they need to know from God. We saw this when we looked at the shepherds in, in chapter 2 of Luke when they came to tell the shepherds what to do. All over the Christmas story, this is what we see happening. In, in, um, in, in, at, the, at the time, the first, really in the first part of the Christmas story, which is before the birth of Jesus, you see that John the Baptist is going to be born and an angel shows up to Zechariah, his father, and says, hey, your wife who's been barren, she's going to have a baby. So you've got that angel. Then you have the angel that comes and tells Mary, okay, Mary, look, this is what's going to happen. You are going to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he will be the Messiah. And then you have, it just a little bit later, you have Joseph who's like, wait a minute. I mean, my, the woman I'm betrothed to says she's pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's struggling. And then an angel shows up. And the angel says, I know, it's hard to believe, but this is what's happening. And then we see that not only do, the, do, do angels battle for us and bring messages to us, but they also can warn us. So you see this a little bit later after the uh, wise men come and they, and they see Jesus and they get ready to leave. But because they went to King Herod, now King Herod is looking for Jesus. And so the, the angel warns Joseph, go to, go to Egypt, take Mary and Jesus to Egypt. We see this that not only are they warriors, not only are they worshipers, not only are they messengers, but they also are assigned to protect believers. Now this I find just absolutely fascinating. Psalm 91, 11 and 12 says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And then Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. You know, we see an example of this in the book of Daniel when he was sent to the lion's den. And the next morning, the ruler comes to see if Daniel's still alive. And, and Daniel says, yes, the angel came and shut the mouth of the lion. The angel protected Daniel. Now, this idea of angels protecting us can often make us think of this Hollywood idea that we each have a guardian angel, like that we're each assigned one angel specifically to us. And biblically, that's not the case. It's not what we see. We see that there are angels that protect us, that, that, that there are angels that one, one theologian I read said, it's more like angels play zone defense than one-on-one -on -one defense. You know, I think of it like if I'm going through a very hard time, there may be a couple of angels assigned to me at that moment, helping me out. And then 
I get through that and maybe somebody over here has a difficult time and so those angels go over and deal with that. We do not necessarily have one specific angel assigned to us, but we do have angels. As believers, we have angels protecting us and fighting for us as God sees fit. It's pretty amazing. Most of the time, we're completely unaware of it. You know, I think back in my life and, and, and think about the different times where I wonder, I just wonder if angels were at all involved in what was going on. When I was eight years old, my family, we were, we were all held at gunpoint in a car and taken on a high-speed car chase. It's kind of ridiculous to talk about now, but I mean, it happened. We were, it was a, a, a man with a gun was able to get into our car and there were five of us in the car and it's kind of a long story and I will try not to go into all the details, but basically he took us on this high-speed chase in the middle of a construction zone and in the highway, there was only one lane and it, it just so happened that the police were chasing them and they, chasing him and they saw us and so they started to pursue us and in the process, the police shot out our tire and then my grandmother from the back seat, having been a middle school teacher, started to yell at the man and telling him, you're never gonna get away, he, the, the, you know, the tire shot out, whatever. And so she convinces him to pull over. He pulls over. He doesn't hurt us. He runs away. They catch him. He was in prison. I don't know what has happened to him since. But I look back to that story and I think of what could have been and what was and how it just so happened that the police saw the whole thing go down. They were at the right place at the right time. And it just so happened that they, they were skilled enough. Now, they could have been. It doesn't have to be an angel guiding that bullet. Some police officers can be very skilled at shooting a moving target. But they successfully shot the target. And then, of course, she got my fiery grandmother in the background telling them to give up and run away. But it's interesting to think about. You know, and you think about just times in your life where you know that that semi came this close to coming over into your lane. Or there's been times where I've been carrying up loads of laundry or whatever up the steps and I, one wrong move and I jolt back and I catch myself. I could have fallen back just straight backwards down those steps. And you think about all the little things and you just wonder. And, and sometimes maybe things don't turn out the way you want and you wish, God, why didn't an angel come alongside me in that moment or whatever? But it's in those times where we have to trust God that he's got a plan for why things work out the way they do. I, I think about, um, there's, there's a quote by John Piper. Let me see if I can find it here. Where he says, all the angels, all of them, are specifically sent for ministry. Not ministry to Christians, but ministry for the sake of Christians. This means that everything angels do everywhere in the world at all times is for the good of Christians. An angel who does something by God's assignment anywhere in the world is fulfilling the promise that God will work all things for the good of all Christians everywhere. This is a sweeping and stunning promise. All angels serve for the good of all Christians all the time. It's amazing. You know, we, we, we take for granted the things we don't see that God is, is just doing and moving in our midst. And, and not only is he at work, but he has spiritual beings at work on our behalf. Which brings me to the other thing that we often see angels do. They protect us 
but they also minister to believers. And we see this um, in, when, when Jesus is in the desert. Chris Dew had talked about Jesus in the desert last week. And if you remember, he had gone through 40 days of fasting and then he had this encounter with the devil where he had to resist the temptation. By the end of all that, Jesus is exhausted. And it says that angels came and attended him. The word attended in Greek means to wait upon, to minister to. In Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So angels come and they bring, their heal, they bring the healing of God, the power of God um, to those of us in need. It's so cool to think about. Then, in, and I hadn't noticed this many times, um, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is at the, at the end of his life and he knows that the cross is coming, and, and if you remember that, that scene in your mind, he's, he's praying such fervent prayers because he knows what's coming to the point where he's bleeding, I mean, he's sweating blood. And it says before he's done with that time of prayer that a, an angel comes and attends to him. And this happens to us and we may never even know it. There's, there, was, um, there was several years ago, there was a girl in our church who was suffering from cancer. And she had gotten cleared and things were looking good and then all of a sudden they found some more tumors and they, they decided that she needed to go to Cleveland Clinic and she was gonna have those tumors cut out. And um, she came to church on that Sunday and she we had all agreed that we were gonna pray for her after the service. And one thing that I remember about that service, which was unique, is that, you know, I mean, I'd been working at the church for a while, and at that time, I knew pretty much everybody. You know, it was, it was smaller at that time, and, and so I recognized everybody. But there was a guy there that week that I didn't remember before, and I have never seen since. And one of the reasons that I remember seeing him is because he stood in the front, and he was very active in worship. You know how, like, those of us who are active in worship, you can only do this for so long before you feel like your fingers don't have any feeling anymore and you have to bring it down. And he just, from what I can remember, just was never felt too tired to be doing this. I was very impressed with his arm strength. But anyway, at the end of the service, we all got together. We prayed for this girl. He joined us in the prayer. I don't know who he is. I'd never seen him before, never seen him since. She went to Cleveland Clinic on that following Tuesday. They could not find tumors. They couldn't find the cancer. Now, that guy could have just been a guy traveling through. No matter what, we know that God healed her. But I don't know. I have no way of proving who he was, but I just, I wonder. It's amazing to think about that there's this whole active world around us. Now what's funny is that we, you know, we can hear these stories and we can explain these stories away and there's, there's no real way to prove any of it, you know? And I remember, um, I don't know, when Brian and I were dating, we went to this, this Bible study and the topic of angels came up and there was a guy in the group who, I don't know how to describe him other than to say he was kind of an interesting bird, you know? He always just had interesting things to say. And this one day, in, when we're talking about angels, he says, I know why we never see angels anymore. He said, the angels went to God and they said, God, you gotta stop sending us down to them. We're freaking them out. And, and I remember we all were like, oh, that's an interesting thought, you know? 
And I don't think that's the case, just for the record. I don't think God stopped sending angels, and I don't think that the angels went to God and said, we're freaking them out. However, when you look in the Bible, oftentimes people are terrified. One of the most common things that people say when they saw, when, that angels say when, when they encounter the person is do not be afraid. Well, they're saying that for a reason, because the people are afraid. We often will not experience that kind of encounter. But it doesn't mean that we won't necessarily have an encounter that's just a little bit like, hmm, I wonder. It's rare, but there is an active, an active world all around us that we can't see. Sometimes we will, we will wonder, and sometimes we will never, ever know. But what we do know is that angels are working and serving for our good because it is the will of God. What I want to make sure that we take away from this all is that while angels are fascinating and angels are powerful and awesome to think about and, and how they protect us and they guide us and how that's so amazing, what we've got to keep in mind and always remember is that they are never to be sought after, they are never to be prayed to or worshipped. They are God's servants. Anything that they do for us or for, for the common good of us is because God loves us, because God wills it, because God desires to protect us or intervene or minister to us. It's never because some angel is responding to our prayer to them. It's never because some angel came up with a really good idea. It's because God is at work and he is moving and he is calling his spiritual servants to do his bidding. Anything that an angel does for our benefit is because it is the will of God. You know, my grandfather used to say all the time, it is God alone who deserves all glory and all praise. And it's the truth. When we think about angels and how cool they are and how awesome this whole scenario is, it should point us back to the awesomeness of God to how creative he is, to how powerful he is, to how attentive he is to even the smallest details of our lives. He loves us. Like we are, we're worthy of that. We're, we're worthy of him calling someone to come over here and deal with that. And what's amazing, too, is that when we think about this whole spiritual world and, and these spiritual beings fighting, is that we are a part of this whole thing, too. Like, yes, we are in this physical world and we are in these physical bodies, but we have also been given power in Christ to fight in this spiritual realm. We are not helpless human beings who, who have to rely completely on just these heavenly beings at the direction of God, but we are a part of the battle too. And God has given us weapons to use to fight the spiritual battle. If you look at Ephesians 6, you'll see those things. We have the helmet of salvation. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shield of faith and the belt of truth. We have the shoes prepared with the gospel of peace. And we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with all those things, 
We have the ability to pray to a God who hears us, to a sovereign God who is mighty and has our good and the good of all believers in mind. And when we fight the spiritual battles, both in this physical world and in the spiritual realm, we are fighting from a place of victory because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. That even though we struggle with all that's going on around us every day, day in, day out, I mean, I had my own struggles today with homeschooling four kids and trying to balance all that we're balancing every day of our lives, it may seem like we're losing battles every once in a while or all the time. But the ultimate battle has already been won. And we have the promise that we are fighting from a place of victory because our Messiah is risen and he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And so as we move forward and as we go forth in no matter what comes our way, we know that we have a God on our side who has millions and millions of spiritual beings on his side, along with fellow believers, billions of them around the world, and we together will fight this battle. And then someday, Jesus will come back, and we will get to eat the best food, and we will get to have the best party, and we'll get to look back and say, okay, can you show me what happened right here? Was there an angel? Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to like rewind a videotape and be like, oh yeah, let me show you what I did here. Let me show you what I did here. But it sure is fun to think about. But in the meantime, we have to take heart and we have to keep fighting the good fight because we will win the race because it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on Jesus. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the gift of your creation and all that it includes. I thank you, Lord God, for just your word and the way you reveal things to us. I mean, there's so much more we don't know because you are so big and so great and your creation is so big and so great. But we thank you for the glimpse, the glimpse of your creation. We thank you for the little bits of information that we have that can encourage us and and strengthen us. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to remind us that we are never alone, that you walk beside us, and that you care for us in ways that we don't even realize. And so, Lord, we just do. We give you glory, and we give you praise. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, have your way in this world. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.